Swing it! Hello, you wannabe wallabies. This is your hippity-hoppity host, Marsupio Sanborn-Smith, and his Possibly Possum podcast, Beware the Hairy Mango, inviting you to jump into our sacks. I'm rubber and you're glue, and together we're a sticky, disgusting mess. Which I guess would probably be true, even if we weren't rubber and glue and someone put us together hard enough. It's now time for the final part of our seafaring epic. Hooray! Today marks the fourth and final time you'll be subjected to this particular bit of self-indulgence. What other type of indulgence is there, anyway? Well, okay, there's the buying your way out of punishment for your sins type of indulgence, which you could keep in mind when we get to the donate part of the show. When we last left our hero, Cade Protheridge, he was about to jump onto the dreaded cruise ship with the aid of a couple of his mates to win the love of a mysterious woman that he just had to be in love with. And plan A hadn't gone so well. I know you're chomping at my bits to learn what's going to happen, so I give you the careerist guide to the sea, part four. The Careerist Guide to the Sea, Part 4, by Matthew Sanborn Smith. Right then. I'd like to propose a plan B, if I may, Cade said in a raised voice. You have the greater part of my divided attention, Davy said, eyeing the pirates below who took an unwarranted glee in Jeremiah's unpleasant fate. Very well. I propose that if leaping cinematically failed to achieve our goals, we should then saunter gently to that lovely vessel. They went unarmed, unless you count the two bottles of rum they carried. Cade was inspired by the growing passivity of their foes. Many had fallen to drink since the genesis of Plan B. Those remaining didn't seem to care that he was coming. Setting foot on deck, he expected to feel some change come over him and would have been disappointed, save for the tightening in his groin when a couple of pirates staggered up to him. Cade lifted his bottle of rum, ready for action. Hey, mate, you want to dance? One said. Absolutely, Cade said. But I have to check on, uh, my sister first. Strawberry blonde and a half of a green dress. Last I seen her was the buffet on the gladiola deck. No, no, his friend piped up. It was the one the it was the one on the humidity deck. Was it? You have two buffets going at the same time, Cade asked. Four, actually, right? Four? Least four. You lucky bastards, Davy said. Come on, Cade, we gotta get your sis. Cade? For the first time in his admittedly short life, Cade found himself paralyzed by doubt. What kind of life must she be accustomed to? How could he ever win the heart of a woman who had four buffets to choose from at any given time? What would he tell her? Leave four buffets so you can live on the edge of survival with a farmer-slash-thief-slash-privateersman? Cade? I can't do it. She'll never leave all this for me. Look, said the first pirate. If you find yourself at an impasse, you could be dancing with us while you're making up your mind. Fine. Although the band was on a break, Cade started doing something that looked like a cross between the monkey and a line dance. No, no, said pirate number one. It's getting near sundown, and I reckon I'd fancy myself a slow dance. Cade sighed heavily and let the pirate fall into his arms. Davy followed suit with the second pirate, a strapping young lad who answered to the name of Martin, and soon they were swaying gently to nothing but the warm summer breeze. Here, Cade, it was Mr. Rowe, shouting from the deck of the Highly Exceptional. You've been enchanted. Snap out of it, man. Let me throw you a line. I'm fine, Mr. Rowe. You don't look fine, lad. This is all part of Plan B, Mr. Rowe. Of course it wasn't. Or maybe it was. Plan B was sort of being created on the fly. Well, hurry it up, my boy. The captain's only giving you till five bells and then she's setting sail. What time is it now, sir? About four bells and a tinkle, I reckon. Very well. We'll be back by then. Lord, I hope so. Mr. Rowe looked around to see just who was listening to him. Then he hissed. Rumor has it, I'm next on the captain's love list if you don't come back alive. Rowe moved swiftly away as if he was being chased. Cade, Davy said. 
How do you know your sister won't leave here unless you ask her? She might be tired of this soft life. No excitement in it. Are you kidding me? There's food, there's dancing, treasure everywhere, live music. They got a comedian what does six shows a day, they do, said Martin. Cade's face turned white with astonishment. Gods, let's just go back, Davy. I'll not. Not yet, leastways. Not until I ask him myself. What's her name? It's... He began to say as if he really knew. Then he felt foolish, though not so foolish that he'd admit he had no idea. Never mind, I'll ask him myself. They made their way below decks and wandered through the half-conscious crowd, with Martin in tow as he didn't seem to want to let go of Davy's arm. Davy took the lead as he picked up a scent. Cade had the nose thing. They followed the smell of barbecue sauce to a vast hall that held the Humidity Deck's grand buffet. The spread stopped Cade dead in his tracks. Even from this distance, he could tell that there were two different kinds of olives. Two! There were more types of chicken dishes than Cade had thought there were chickens. There was fish, venison, parts of cattle he hadn't realized were edible, and he had chewed on a horn back on the farm once, just out of curiosity, you understand. Breads, soups, deviled eggs, deviled ham, deviled cake, manta ray, sea otter, sea cow, sea cucumber, and sea. Just a big punch bowl filled with ocean water. And when Cade realized that this was just the first table, and the table seemed to stretch forever, he fell to his knees and couldn't get back up. At the beginning of it all was a wall of clean plates and silverware just beckoning to him. He crawled on his knees to the wall. All memory of the strawberry blonde had left him. There was just him and more food than he had eaten in all his years. He noticed Davy off to the side, also on his knees, but overtaking him. There began a painful knee race, more so because some bastard had dropped a fork on the floor. Cade reached out toward his goal, but instead of a plate, found a half a handful of green taffeta as a woman stepped in front of him at the last minute to grab a salad plate. No cuts, Cade cried. The woman turned around and he saw a face more beautiful than any buffet. It was her. Her soft sea-green eyes shook him out of his food trance. Cade found his way to his feet and tried to dust himself off, but found he was caked with weeks of grime that just wouldn't dust. But when he looked at her, he forgot his embarrassment, forgot that she'd never leave four buffets and all the rest for the likes of him. He slowly wrapped his arms around her slender waist and kissed her lips passionately. She didn't resist. Davy was on his feet by this time. He looked at Martin, speechless, until at last he decided, They're very close. Wish my family were that close, Martin said. Davy found himself speechless once again and took a big serving spoonful of ambrosia. He didn't really like ambrosia, but it was the closest thing to his hand. He tried hard not to think of any female relative. Cade peeled himself off of the woman's face. Let me take you away from this life of luxury into a life of hardship and adventure, he said. Yes, she said. Wow, that was easy. Well, I must confess, she said. I have a rather selfish reason for wanting to go. I've been trapped on this devil ship for 140 years. My God, you need to tell me the name of your moisturizer. It's the magic of the cruise ship that keeps me young. When I went from being one of its guests to one of its attractions, I became ageless. Only my true love can release me from the spell. How do you know that? It's in the ship's charter. If you can get me off of this ship, I'll gladly follow you anywhere. I warn you, though, no man has ever been able to get me off. My father tells me a lot of women have the same complaint, but if you don't mind, I'd like to try. Lead on, my shining knight, she said with sad, tired eyes. But before we go, it's Cindy. Oh, right. My name's Cade, by the by. Pleased to meet you. He extended a hand, and she shook it with an exceptionally firm grip, he thought, for such a delicate hand. But actually, what I was going to say was, would you mind if I had a bite before we go? I haven't had a decent meal in weeks. If you eat, you'll never want to leave, she said. I'll be quick, I swear. I've no compunction against eating and running. 
No, I mean you won't be able to leave. It's part of the magic. My shipmates drank themselves silly on a ship like this once, and they were able to leave. They had to have vomited every last bit of it, Cindy said. Mm-hmm, Davy mumbled with a nod. He was stuffing his mouth with petty fours. Davy, Cage shouted. If you keep that down, you'll never be able to leave. Davy swallowed. I can live with that. Well, he's done for, Cage said. Let me take some food with me. Can you grab me a piece of cornbread, please, Cindy? No, not that piece. One of the end pieces. They're crunchy. That's it, thank you. He started filling his pants with mashed potatoes and barbecued chicken. Oi, Davy said around a mouthful of food. Must be getting close to five bells, mate. Damn, you're right. We've got to go. He grabbed Cindy with one filthy hand and bolted out of the banquet hall. He forgave Cindy for her requisite stumble and trip on the steps because something like that was really part of the character of a girl like her in a situation like this. They reached open air and a darkening sky and the highly exceptional was still alongside. Huzzah! Cade rejoiced. This was going much more smoothly than he'd expected. He pulled Cindy to the rail and greeted his cheering companions across the small expanse of water. Grabbing his fair maiden, he tried to lift her over the rail. Her feet never left the deck. She felt as if she weighed 3,000 pounds. <laughs> he said. Don't hurt yourself. I can't take another step off of this accursed ship. I'm doomed to spend eternity here. No, don't give up. I just need a lever or something. Is that your captain? Cindy asked. Captain Syrup? Yes, that's her. Listen, if it comes to that, I'll spend eternity here with you. Cindy? Cindy was suddenly on the other side of the rail, and before Cade could ask, she'd leaped into Captain Syrup's awaiting arms. How'd she do that? That's great, Cade said to himself. He grabbed the rail, preparing to leap over the edge, but froze as he watched the two women kiss passionately. His shipmates were as entranced as he was, all staring at the happy couple in an increasingly uncomfortable astonishment. The captain finally broke facial contact for a second and looked over at Cade. She held one hand over her head and pointed at herself. Opportunist, she said to her deflated crew member. It was a bloody love potion. He was sure of it. The doctor must have tweaked the formula so it affected only women. Otherwise, the men would be crawling all over the captain right now. That was it, right? That had to be it. That wasn't it. Some of his crewmates were coming to their senses. Come on, Cade, one of them yelled. Thanks. I'll pass this time. Davy's staying aboard as well. Davy you! So much for loyalty. He was sure that not returning to the ship was illegal by the charter of the highly exceptional, but so what? It wasn't like any of them had the guts to come after him. Let them make do with what they had. He'd like to see them put Cindy to work. That'd be a good one. Let's just see her try to pull a rope like he could. Or say stuff like foresail or starboard like he could. They'd be sorry. They all would. I hope she eats you, he shouted at Cindy. No, wait, no. That, that didn't come out right at all. It took everything he had to turn his back on his ship, on his crew, his true love, but he finally did. It was a piece of cake once they disappeared over the horizon. You missed the boat, Davy cried when he saw Kate back at the buffet. Things didn't go according to plan. Cindy made it, though. Well, that's good. You'll get over it right quick on this airship, I guarantee. Besides, it's probably better that you don't spend so much time with your sister. Come on, enjoy the buffets. Martin's challenged me to a belching contest later. You can join in, but we gotta get you good and gassy first. Then after that, there'll be games of chance at the casino. There was nothing for it. Cade grabbed a serving spoon and scooped out a big glob of tuna noodle casserole. The mashed potatoes in my pants are getting cold, he said. There are always more mashed potatoes, came a heavenly voice to his side. As it was so heavenly, Cade hoped it didn't belong to a dead woman. 
It didn't, at least as far as he could tell. A woman in half a delicate gown of gold and white lace gently pushed into him as hungry diners moved into position around them. She had raven hair and caramel skin and was the new most beautiful woman he had ever seen. She held a serving spoon heaped with mashed potatoes in her hand. Should I top you off then? she asked, waving the spoon toward his pants. I'm afraid my pants are quite full. Very well, she began to move away. Wait, he said. Yes? Um, there is this shirt pocket, he said, holding it open for her. As she spooned the food in, he asked, Will you eat with us? I'd love to, although I'm afraid I haven't any pockets. Oh, you can eat out of his, Davy said. How are you at belching? With a serious look on her face, a competitor's look, she pushed out her chest and let loose a belch that would have bested three truck drivers combined, had truck drivers existed, combined or otherwise. Those nearby gripped the table for support. Well done! You're on my team, Davy said. Davy, Kate said. What are the chances of me finding a second true love so soon? Davy smiled. Well, they do have full buffets, don't they? And then with a nod toward their newfound dinner companion, he asked, And how are you at craps, dearie? With a serious look on her face, a competitor's look, she grabbed her dress and squatted. Had horses existed, even three of them combined... Cade looked with a mixture of love-struckedness and buyer's remorse at Davy, who nodded toward the floor and responded, As I said, they do have full buffets, don't they? If this story gave you the craps, you can flush it and other fertilizing marvels at my podcasty blasty, BewareTheHairyMango.com. And because she misses you a lot, throw my old used-up blog a bone at the 1000blogspotcom Make the snide remarks of your choosing in the comments for this post, or Three's Company email me, and we'll find out the signs of everyone at the Regal Beagle at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com. Or start your own three-way with Mr. Furley and Greedy Gretchen at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. Place an SF signal lantern in the Belfry Arch, one if by Landgrover, two if by Fozzie, and I on the the opposite sfsignal.com shall be what twitter.com slash up with gravity is the sugar that will make that bitter twitter pill go down so swell i am the only reason you shouldn't delete your account or for that matter give up on life entirely you're welcome make offerings to your lord and matthew by humping the donate button on the home page your money will be used to turn this decrepit ramshackle embarrassment of a studio into a decrepit ramshackle embarrassment of a studio with a pizza our growling stomachs eagerly await your response this podcast makes your hot buns sticky by drizzling them with a gooey white creative commons attribution non-commercial share like 3.0 unported license this once was your perfectly periodontic host, Matthew Gingiva Smith, saying, Ask me no questions, and I'll still tell you lies because nothing's going to hold back all my bullshit. Good night. When we last left our hero, Kate Prothridge, he was about to jump onto the dreaded cruise ship with the aid of a couple of his mates to win the love of a. Of a, of a, of a, of a, of a. Woo! Did it!